All right, let's begin this morning. Hallelujah. Well, it's a great day. I'm glad that you're here. And know it or not, you made a willing decision to come to church today. And some of you are going, well, you know, yeah, I guess I did. I decided to get out of bed. I decided not to do that. I decided not to do that, 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 and I decided to do this. Every Sunday morning, it's a choice. And putting yourself in the place of truth will help, listen, fill up your tank. A lot of times, an average person doesn't realize it when their tank is getting low. You know, we're, we're in the middle of the summer. Um, it feels like at least two-thirds of it is over, and we're hoping that it, it's going to get a cool spell. And, you know, I looked at my jacket the other day in the closet, and I thought, is it possible to ever wear that again? You know, in the, in the depths of the winter, you look at maybe a pair of shorts and you go, oh, no. Now, we'll never wear those again, you know. So remember that the cool is a coming. But during the heat, you got to remember to keep your tank full because if you'll make just spontaneous decisions all through your life, right now a lot of us are going through the heat of the summer. And let me tell you, it almost feels like, you know, you're taking a shower with your socks on. You know, it just, it just don't feel right. It just, something isn't going right. And sometimes the least little thing can make you do a decision that is not correct, that you'll be affected weeks, months later. Um, keeping your tank full is very important. So today, as we continue the series, inviting God into our difficulties, inviting God into our difficult times, inviting God into those times that it's not good is not the easiest thing to do when you're there. When you're in the middle of the storm, it is hard to do anything but say, God, get me out! And then we start begging and pleading, and if we're not careful, we don't walk by faith, we're just walking by sight, and it looks pretty bad. We, we decide as believers to mature in the Lord. What does that mean? That means to get into the Word of God, be self-feeders, self-feeders, and not just let someone feed you just on Sunday morning. It's a continual thing that we have to put ourselves in the place of truth by looking, reading, and, and understanding the Word of God. Now, as we've talked about this, a lot of times we're waiting for God to give us a miracle to get us out of the difficult times. When God says, come on now, when you're walking with me and you're going through the test... You know, the test, the dark times, and you're believing and you're, you know, just, you're believing. When all you can do is stand, after you put on the full armor of God, all you can do, just stand some more. Now that doesn't make sense. And sometimes God gives us things by faith and not by sight that really doesn't go with our belief system. Even though we believe in God, nobody would say we don't believe in God. We're, we're children of God. But when the test comes, if we have not already decided A lot of times we default back to our natural tendencies of saying, well, God, if I can't see it, you've abandoned me. So, so listen today. I'm speaking over your life as children of God. You have what it takes. Let me tell you, you're a righteous dude. You can say that. You're the righteousness in Christ Jesus. And, and a, a person that walks in their identity and not just what somebody else has spoken over you, you begin to get into the Word of God and your tank begins to fill up. In other words, you believe what the Word of God is saying. So during the difficult times, 
You say, I, I don't see it. I can't even use my senses. I can't see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. I can hear it. But God, I know you're with me. Why? Because I believe your word. Now, inviting God into our difficulties in this series, we've talked about inviting him into our storms. And we talked about how the disciples invited him really into the boat. It says they took him with them. <laughs> kind of makes me laugh when I think about them inviting God, but, but that's what we need to do. But also to realize that he had already told the disciples, we're going to the other side, and they kind of questioned his word on that. Maybe he was asleep, and maybe he didn't realize. And don't we do the same thing? In the storm, we question, well, God, are you not scared that we're going through the storm? Now, now think about that. When you look back on the disciples, don't we kind of go, come on, guys, the creator of the universe? Okay, you do it, so do I. In the middle of the storms, we start questioning, God, do you, do you see me? Do you know me? God wants us to follow him by faith, even in the middle of the storm. So we are building a belief system in our lives that everything is based on the word of God, of what God's word says. Now listen to this. It is so easy for us to get a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit. Of, all that is not God's word. And we build it into our belief system to give us an out. Sometimes he works and sometimes he doesn't. That's not the word of God. In the storms, he works in mysterious ways. And sometimes that, come on now, that's not the word of God. You took that out of context. So when we're talking about walking by faith and building a belief system, I, I want to just remind you of this, that it's not a, a request of God. It's a command for us to do the things that God has called us to do because we've sung this, I've decided to follow Jesus. The old song says, no turning back, no turning back. This song says, I've decided to follow Jesus, take the world and just give me him. Okay, so we've already decided. So as we're walking out what a believer does, we're, we're building and developing a belief, belief system that will make our choices for us. What we're going through life in that belief system, there's a choice that will come up and we'll make the choice based on whatever you believe. A lot of times what you choose will determine, or let's say that it'll show, it will unveil what you believe. See, I believe this, 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 hard time, I make a choice, whoop, I really didn't believe that. That's hard for all of us. And, and it's not here. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just here to, to maybe reveal something that goes on in your life constantly, even though you're saying, God, where are you? And God says, I'm right here. So as we're walking it out, it's important for us to realize we're developing our belief system, constantly looking and seeing, whoa, I, 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 where did that come from? Now, let me tell you, I can be transparent you can live, wow. So I want you to know all of us have issues. You know that? Some of you are going, well, I do. Come on up here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This morning, I'm walk. I usually walk every morning about two and a half miles, and I've got my headsets in, and I'm singing the song. I just speak Jesus. Can, can you get any more holy than that? Out on a good morning walking. 
but there's cars that cut through my neighborhood. The speed limit's 30 miles an hour. So I'm walking this way when a car comes up behind me going about 150 miles an hour. Hi! I went from worshiping God to screaming at a car that I don't even know. And I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. what happened there? Now, I'm preaching to myself this morning as well as you. It's in looking at our belief system and questioning our belief system because there are all kinds of things that go on in our world. Somebody will come up to you and you don't even really recognize it's going on and they'll go, boo. And you'll go, hey. That hurt. It might be something like an offense. You don't look fat in that dress. It's great. <gasps> what? You look like you've lost a lot of weight. That's a compliment. You look like a bag of bones. What? It, it, it's all kinds of stuff that throws it. It's someone driving by us while your headphones on and scares you. You know, whatever it is. So developing a belief system, we have to realize, is our belief system based on the Word of God before we get to the storm? It is very critical that you understand that the people that are around you, the believers as well as non-believers, need you to have your tank filled because they're going to look at you at times and say, can you help me and give to me? Now, if your tank is empty... So I'm going to give you kind of an illustration this morning, and some of you are going to go, what in the world was that? Okay, I already get that. But some of you are going to get this at the end of the message that you're going to go, huh. Some of you are deep thinkers. I believe most of you are. Listen to this. Here's kind of, and this is not a trick question. This is not a, a riddle to the point of you can't figure this out. Everybody in here can figure this out. Ready? There's a bat and a ball. The bat and the ball. Bat and a ball. The bat and the ball together cost $1.10. Together, the bat and the ball cost how much? The bat costs $1 more than the ball. The bat cost $1 more than the ball. Now, I'm going to ask a question. I don't want anybody to shout it out because you all know the, you're the one, that the only one. Okay. How much does the ball cost? A bat and the ball cost $1.10. The bat costs $1 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Now, keep that right here, and we're going to go on. But I'm going to say something before we go on. The development of your belief system, something that you see so clear that you would argue all day about. This is, have you ever done that and had a paradigm shift and someone comes up and tells you and you go, I was terribly wrong, but you have just argued all day that you were right. Okay, nobody's saying anything. You cannot whisper it to your neighbor because you know it, you know. If you said that the 
ball cost 10 cents, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. Now turn in your Bibles to Daniel. (laughs) Go off the screen. Daniel. Now this morning I'm going to talk again about inviting God into the fire. The fire. Now, just to kind of summarize for sake of time, because I want the worship team to come up and have a chance for us all to respond to the message of the Word of God today. We're talking about inviting God into the fire. We're going to be talking about three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as some people already know that if I talk about the feeding of the 5,000, you'll jump in your mind to, he's going to speak on provision. God can supply even though you have a little. Or whatever's in your hand, are you willing to give? If I spoke today on David and Goliath, you'd say, God can overcome any kind of obstacle, including a giant. And some of you have been in church long enough, and you know the scripture long enough, that if I'd say, today we're going to talk about inviting God into the fire, and I talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, someone like Brianna, Dr. Brianna down here, is probably thinking I'm going to speak on... Don't kneel before another God or keep God number one or God can provide for you in the fire. And I'm going to talk on that. But I'm going to speak about something that probably nobody's going to be thinking about. So I just want you to keep tuned so that you understand the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So at the end, that you can apply it to your life. And you'll have a takeaway. Because it's not what we just know, it's what we do with what we know when we're in life, when we leave this place. It's what we do with what we know. We apply the word, we're not just listeners, or we just don't read the word of God, but we actually do the things that God has asked us to do. So in this first chapter of Daniel, what has happened is the children of Israel have been taken into captivity. And, And out of all the people that are taken into captivity... Daniel, it's the book of Daniel, he's there, but also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three guys supposedly can be teenagers. And the king has taken the brightest people out of all these captured countries and, and he's taken them to the capital city, Babylon. And what he's doing is he's handpicking what he's going to believe is the brightest, youngest students to be trained to be really Sartraps, which is a big word for governors or mayors. They're going to put them in captured cities and help rule the empire. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these teenagers, are part of the group that are the smartest and the brightest, but they got all these guys, and they begin to feed them to get them kind of healthier and kind of beef them up. And, but they begin, to, some people believe, to feed them uh, meats, sweet meats, that will that have been sacrificed to the idols of the Babylonians. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they say, we, we're not going to eat that stuff. And they begin to work a deal with the, the, you know, the, the guy that's over all these young up-and-coming professionals that are going to be something one day, and they make a deal that just... Give us a while, and we'll just do what we believe our God is saying, and you can test us. So if a certain amount of days, just eating vegetables, 
fruits and vegetables, that they do a test and they look at them and they look like they're stronger and brighter, so they let them continue to do that. But the day comes where they bring them in before the king, Nebuchadnezzar. Now, this guy is the ruler right now of the known world, pretty much. He just goes and, you know, his armies conquer everything. The, the story is in this first chapter that, listen, when they are brought in for their interview to see if they're going to make the cut, the Bible says this. In verse 19, wait just a minute. That's right, 19. <clears throat> it says, the king talked with them and found none equal to Daniel. And then it gives the Jewish names which is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they entered into the king's service. But listen to this. This is unique. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and chanters in his whole kingdom. He's amazed at how bright and how uh, brilliant they are. And they enter into the king's service. Now, just two chapters later, we get to the, the fire. Now, I'm going to summarize it again, and I'd like to read it because I know that some of us don't read the Bible. But on case you don't, I want you to read it later. Daniel chapter 3. Now, here's the thing. When you read the Word of God... Read it slow. You're not just trying to get chapters under your belt. You're, you're trying to read it as if next Sunday I ask you to preach. I guarantee you'd slow it down and read it two or three times. So, so that, that's what I want you to do. But let me summarize it to get to my point this morning that I hope will fill our tank and keep it, the, the understanding that we need to continue. Because the people around us need us so bad. Daniel chapter 3, the king comes up with this idea that he's the man. And sometimes people get to the point of getting a little too big for the britches, you know what I mean? And he begins to think, I'm going to make this image of myself, golden image, and every time there's an introductory, you know, here comes the president or, you know, whatever, you know, they play, you know. Here comes the king, and all these flutes and lyres and har everybody starts this music, boom, boom. Everybody's supposed to fall down and worship this idol. Can, can you see the problem? These three guys are going to say, we're not doing that. Because the word of God has told us not to worship any other graven image, not to worship any other idol. We're worshiping God. Now, their belief system is based on the fact that even if he, they lose their life, this is my belief system. I'm not bound down to that idol. Well, the king has already also put a little consequence on it, which kind of puts a little bit more skin in the game of just saying, I'm not doing that. Because what the king has declared is if you do not bow down when the music plays, we have a burning furnace for you. So this happens 
and we don't know, maybe several times, they don't bow down. So the Bible says astrologers, the other wise men, remember the group that they brought in, all these wise guys <laughs> come to the king and say, hey, king, there's a group of people called the Jews, especially these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're not bound down. And the king says, come on, come, bring them in here. He's furious. The translation I have, furious. You hear me? I want you to remember that. He's furious. Why is he furious? Is he not the conquering king right now in the world? These three guys have got him furious. That's a whole different level than just being upset. They bring those three before the king, and the king says, is it true? Are you not bound down? I told you, if you don't bow down, you're going to the furnace. Here's the belief system, and it is based on the word of God, and it, all they have is what we call the Old Testament, and really the Pentateuch, which is part of the Ten Commandments in Exodus that says, don't bow down. Before Nebuchadnezzar was even born, they built their belief system on that. They said, this is what we're going to stand on. Nebuchadnezzar says, is it true? Yes, it's true. We're not bound down. Because our God can deliver us from the burning fire. But, but listen, there's a, we, we sing songs about my confidence because of his faithfulness. If, if you don't go through the test, you're not going to have a testimony. And that's how we overcome. Now, you got to get this. Because so many times when we're going through the storm and the fire and the fight and all the, we want God to get us out. When it's in that time period that we're going to walk through that, because he'll walk through us, remember? He, walk with us even through the valley of the shadow of death. I can fear no evil because you're with me. He's walking through. So on the other side, our testimony has matured us and grown us. James puts it this way, which James is kind of like, you, you're looking at me? You know, if you ever read the book of James, you can put your own, but he's not going to split hairs, man. He says the reason that we go through troubles and tribulations, we can rejoice because it's working to our patience. Does that not sound cray-cray to somebody? You better decide that it's working patience before the storm or the trial or tribulation or you're going to think he's crazy. So you can hear the confidence in these three young men when they say, we're not going to bow down because our God can deliver us. That's faith. But here's confidence. But even if he don't, that's belief system, man. That's a rock-solid belief system on the word of God. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. What, fire? Well, I can repent later. Let me bow down right now. Watch this. The Bible says that he returns, the king returns to his state of mind of being furious. He heats the fire up seven times hotter. Now, now realize, where the fire was, it's hot enough to kill him. Why? Because fire can kill you. I don't even like to get burnt. Anybody burnt? Anybody? But can you imagine? Burnt in the fire seven times. It, and you go, well, was it actually seven times? It, 
gives an example that when the soldiers that throw them into the fire, it's so hot that they die. So it, it is hot. Yeah, that kind of fire, hot fire. So there's not a question, Is well, was it hot? Was it really? They died, the soldiers. Now, if you know the story, the three are thrown into the fire. The soldiers die. That thrown, They're already bound, thrown in the fire. And the Bible says that the king must have some way, pretty close seat, because he's looking into the furnace. And he goes, hey, Hey, come on. You threw didn't we throw three men bound? I see four. And one looks like the son of God's. Now, he doesn't know God from another God. But he sees the fourth person in there as if, and we know him as God. Jehovah Jireh my provider, and he's providing protection. Now, the reason why I want you to see this is that the king gets to the place, he's furious, throw them in, I'm done with them, I'm going to put them in the fire, they're dead. But then the story says when they look, when he looks in there, he begins to say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Now, now wait, 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 you're just saying that there is no God stronger than you. But then he says something else. He says, come out, come out. He's not going in. Come out. And he says, come here, come here. I don't know if he went to Mickey Mouse voice. Come here, come here, you know, but I would have. Because something that I knew, I knew you're going to die. All of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar sees it a different way. And he begins to swallow his pride. And all of a sudden, his belief system of he's the biggest, baddest God, because he he's, wants people to worship him as God, all of a sudden shifts to there's someone that's higher than me. Now, this is important for us. He says in verse 28, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him. And he defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other God except their God. Because of their belief system, listen to me, now there is a believer in God because of their faith was on exhibit and it was proven to be true. So he makes a decision based on what he has now seen and what he has said about God. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation and language who see anything against the God of Shadow, he, he goes overboard. He's just excessive compulsive. There is no God but me. Uh-oh, there is a God. Nobody's going to say anything about him. And it says that anybody says anything, we're going to make, you're, you're dead. Oh, you're, de- you're so dead. Your family's dead. Your house is dead. Everything about you is dead. And then there's a little clause right there at the end that a lot of times is on the fifth paper, fifth 
page of the newspaper that nobody reads because the newspaper recants what they said previously about Shadrach and Meshach. And this little clause comes in. Oh yeah, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the provenance of Babylon. See, the news don't report on believers that they reported were doing all this bad stuff or they're bad or they're... uh, uh, Oh, we were wrong. Put it in the back of the paper that we messed up there so nobody will read it. You have to believe before you get to the storm. In Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, which we believe is not the end of the story, but we believe that it's the end of the Bible or the Word of God right in that passage, it says, the people that fought against the enemy, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb, That's Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. And by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as they to shrink from death. That's a belief system. The the test is not something that any of us want to go through, but let's, let's just admit it. It's coming. And because you go through the test does not say that God does not love you. But let me tell you, as a pastor of a church, I believe that I'm anointed to solve problems. I, I don't have all the answer, but I believe I know who does have the answer. I'm still waiting on the answer of some of the things in my life, but I'm believing that God has the answer for that. But let me tell you, when I get to a person that can be to the point of depression, that they're like, oh, I just can't even get out of bed, it's not something to laugh about. Sometimes I'll cry with them. But here's what I know. They're going like this, with their fingers in their ears. Go ahead, go ahead, tell me. Yeah, tell me, tell me. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, thank you, Pastor. Because they're in the middle of the storm. And my heart goes out to them. And there's all kinds of consequences that come from a person like that. Hurting people hurt people. So for us, we choose before we get to that point in our life, that storm, that fire... That God's word is true, even though sometimes it doesn't even make sense to us. Listen, it's more of a testimony to have God come in than it is to have God take us out. God loves us, and because we understand that he loves us, just because he doesn't work like we think doesn't negate his love for us. Let me put it this way. In Hebrews chapter 4, the promise was given. It was up to the children of Israel to say yes and amen. We will do what your promise has already given us. God's promises are yes. Sometimes it's hard for us to, are you serious? All of his promises are yes. And it's up to us to say amen. We're going to do it. How can you do it? You can't do it by yourself. you got to take God's presence with you. That's why Moses said, you remember, after all the mess up with the golden calf on, and the children of Israel out in the wilderness and they turned their eyes off, God, Moses is going, up, oh, and God says, I'll send an angel now to go with you to the promise. And Moses goes, oh no, we can't, I'm not leading them unless you go with us. How will they know that we're different? How will they know that you're blessed? The presence of God, we have to stay in tune. Now listen, we live in a culture that is so busy. There's so many distractions. Pastor, do you know it was 103 the other day? Yes, I know. 
I'm living in the same world with you. The world is broken. Come on. Let's, let's walk. There's two systems that lead to us making choices. Now, we know that out of our belief system, what we believe, I'm telling you, there's somebody, I believe, will make choices. And out of those choices, will put us in experiences. In the story you just heard, the belief system is, I'm not bound down to any other God. They made a choice. I'm not going to bow down to that idol. And the experience was burning furnace. Now, back to the bat and the ball. There's two ways that we make those choices out of our belief system. One is our a quick brain, our quick thinking. It's quick. The other one is slow thinking. Now, this is this is gonna rock some of your world because some of us have gone to church all our life and we think again, we've got 50 years in church, we got 50 years of experience. But the sadness of it is, is some of us have never allowed God to walk with us through the test to get the testimony. So we really only have one year experience, 50 years in a row. And sometimes our belief system, we do things that is not the word of God, and we know it. And, and we have the grace of God, but the grace of God is not there, so we can just keep messing up and going, forgive me, God. He'll forgive me. I'm a jerk during the week to the waitress, but he'll forgive me. My daddy had a hot timber, and I'm glad that he'll forgive me. Come on, let's come on up. Now listen to this. We think every day and make decisions. Thinking quick is the intuitiveness, the spontaneous. It seems effortless. We do this to recognize faces. Oh, yeah, yeah. Quick thinking, quick thinking. Have you ever seen somebody's face and you said, hey, how you doing? Oh, you're not so-and-so. But our brains tell me that's so-and-so. A quick thinking is to act when we're confronted with danger. A lot of times we're fighting or flighting. We went through all that before. It solves simple questions, but is it simple? Sometimes we need to slow down and listen, listen. Get into the Word of God before we start talking and before we start acting. System two is thinking on the other hand. It's slow, rational, reflective. It takes effort. It gets to the point of concentrating on things on, on things that we know, but but is not so just quick. Go back to the illustration, and I want them, the ushers, if you quickly hand those out, because I want you to see actually and hold in your hand a bat and a ball illustration this morning. You're going to remember. You probably won't even remember the title of this sermon, but you'll remember some crazy illustration the pastor talked about a bat and a ball. 
And if I would have been a little bit quicker this morning, I would have went to Walmart and bought a bat and a ball so you could have remembered it. All right, hurry up, ushers, as quick as you can. A bat and a ball cost $1.10. The bat costs $1 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Now, as, as they are handing him out, I want you, I know that some of you don't have it, but you can see it with your own eyes. Here's the answer. Everybody focus up here. I know you'll get a sheet of paper and you're going to confirm it in a minute. But a bat and a ball cost $1.10. So both of them, two items cost $1.10. The bat costs $1 more than the ball. Everybody with a quick brain says, it's 10 cents. 10 cents. But if the ball is 10 cents and the bat is a dollar more, the bat would have to be a dollar 10, making the total a dollar 20. <laughs> Your face looked like my face when I heard the question. To make you feel better, Harvard, MIT graduate, 50% of them didn't get it either. And probably my understanding, my thinking is the other 50% had, they, they probably knew that that 50% and they got to slow down and look at it. The answer is the ball is a nickel, five cents. Because then the bat is a dollar more, a dollar five. And together they're a dollar ten. Now some of you will look at it and go, no, it's ten cents. Let me tell you, when I knew that, when I saw the answer, I still looked at that. I turned the page upside down. Something I'm not seeing here. Now, real quick, I'm just going to say it again: the bat and the ball, dollar ten, together. No more than a dollar ten. If the bat cost one dollar more, it's still got to add up to dollar ten. So the ball is five cents, and the bat is a dollar more. It's a dollar five, making it a dollar ten total. Now, some of you were still thinking, I don't get it. See me afterwards, and I'll explain it. <laughs> it's okay. But, but here's my point. Here's my point. Here's my, hey, don't leave without getting my point, because you're going to, some crazy illustration of bat and ball. Has nothing to do with the bat and the ball. It has the whole point of this. Listen, you were wrong because you didn't see it. You were so sure, 10 cents. Now watch this. All through this, I've been going on, you have to make a decision before you're in the fire. And you have to build a belief system and develop a belief system that is based on the word of God. That God is with you. His presence. You invite him to go with you through the valley of the shadow of death. Everybody, including Dr. Brianna, knew that I was going to speak on that. That's what I spoke on today. But here's another twist. You ever seen a movie that has two endings? You'll have a sermon with two endings. Some of you, this is for you today. Which will be a spin, a transition God willing, into next week's sermon. The three prayer requests that most people, if you went up to them and said, can you pray? Can I pray with you about something? It's relationships, it's finances, or it's some health healing. Can you pray that my healing gets better? Or my grandmother, she's sick. Three prayer requests, I call them. This one's on relationships. What, what drives me 
is today God gave me this ending to this message. I already had what Brianna knows I'm preaching on. The word of God that you base your belief system. There's nobody in here that says, yeah, I don't have that as part of my belief system. Because the belief system is based on the word of God. If you... If you're a child of God, which means that you believe in salvation, you ask Jesus in your life, and you're a follower of God, listen to me, a follower of God don't have a choice to not walk in love. I just want to be ready for dodging the tomatoes when they start coming a little bit here. What? Maybe you're like one of the, I don't know what they call them, hairstylists, barbers. I used to call them barbers. She's cutting my hair and she's telling me, you know, sometimes when they find out I'm a pastor, they tell me a little bit much and they keep cutting my hair too. I don't tell them, unless, you know, it's late in the haircut. But she, she's cutting my hair and she's, yeah, I got a problem with my sister and, you know, I, she did this to me and did that to me and, and okay. And she gets to the point where she says, you know, I'm just not going to forgive her. Now, I, I waited until it got almost done so I could say, that looks great, I'm done, you know? Because she had scissors in her hands. But I said this, I said, are you, are you, did you tell me you're a Christian? Yeah, so you, you believe in God? Yeah, do you, so you're a follower of God? Yeah, sorry, you don't have a choice. You got to forgive her. What? Now, th- this is something everybody's going, sure, sure. You better decide this as your belief system before you get to the fire that you just put someone in. See, all of a sudden you're a child of God. You're the child of the king. What are you trying to prove? But that person did something wrong. And because that person did something wrong to me, off to the fire you go. Why are you looking at me that way? I put people in the fire. The good news is I've repented of that. Now, now listen, and then there's, there's the times where we, we just know that they are wrong. This is what doesn't make sense is when we can believe that even if he doesn't deliver us, we're not bound down. Our belief system is based on the word of God. But when the word of God is that if somebody does you wrong, someone does you wrong, they're the wrong, they did you wrong, the Bible says for us to go to them. No, that doesn't make sense. There's a lot of things with faith that doesn't make sense to us. But God says, I want, I've come to give you the abundant life. We're all ready for the abundant life, but we're not really ready for all that stuff. Now, come on. Come on up. It, it's... It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody was walking in love. They would take the horn off of our cars. You can quote me on that one. Let me tell you, I don't know crazy. I mean, I don't know karate, but I do know crazy, and I'll use it every once in a while if I'm not careful. I can default back to crazy just as easy as anybody. 
but it's deciding before the offense that we're going to walk in love. Now watch this. Some of us are on the side of Nebuchadnezzar and we throw people in fire and we're not going until we are revealed that we were wrong. And some people still are not going to repent of that. Because we judge other people. Listen, we judge other people by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our motives. I never, I never meant to do that. They're telling me, what? So just watch this. Some of us are on the Nebuchadnezzar, and that we, we're just throwing them in the fire. And some of us are over here, which is not always the easiest, in the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in our relationships. When someone has thrown us in the fire and done us wrong, and we know they've done us wrong, they could even be believers. And we have to decide still to walk in love because it's the word of God. We have to decide those, both of those situations that we're going to repent if we're Nebuchadnezzar, what are we doing? And if we're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that we will stand no matter if people treat us bad and say all manner of evil against us falsely for Jesus' sake. Because we can rejoice because so did they, the prophets before us. That's the Beatitudes, if you didn't know that. That wasn't me. That was Jesus. Okay. One more. If you have your notes, look at number two real quick. Again, checking our belief system that we just know that we know until someone explains, no, you didn't know. Now, nobody say it out loud, just real quick, and then I'm going to call the worship team up, and we're going to sing. We're going to take communion. In a lake, there's a patch of lily pads. Every day, the patch doubles in size. It takes 48 days for the patch to cover the entire lake. 48 days. How long would it take to cover half, half the lake? How many people said 24? You're dead wrong. Now, don't, don't yell it out because you say, 32, wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to anybody. In 48 days, it's going to be completely full. So when is it half full? Now, I should do, now listen to this. If I never told you the answer and nobody told you the answer and you had to figure it out on your own, there's a point of, that you would come to of, I am so tired of trying to think that. That's what our friends are dealing with that don't know God. I can't figure this out. And some people would start believing that it's 24 days. Listen, the answer is this. So if you have a pen, you can write down because you can tell somebody else. <laughs> 47 days. Because the next day it doubles and it'll be completely full. Do you see that? That's called revelation. Ah! <gasps> Do you know I looked at that too and I thought, it is 24 days, half of the 48. <laughs> Listen, when you're building and developing and, and, and working on your belief system, listen, you have a high likelihood of being wrong unless it's based on the word of God. Now listen to me, we're human, we know that. By the grace of God, go we. So as we walk out our life, we, we're are we, are we are you too big to just say, God, I'm sorry, I missed it there again. 
But then don't do that again. Change your belief system into the Word of God, continually hearing the Word of God, continually hearing and working out your salvation with fear and trembling. I'm right. I'm right. The bowl is 10 cents. Sorry, no, you're not. Worship team, come up. This morning, if you have the little communion pack, take that out. We're going to sing a song. It's called, I Want to Raise a Hallelujah. And, and he gives us a melody to sing in the middle of the storm. Do you, do you hear me? That in the middle of the storm, we're still worshiping because we've already decided before we got there. Would you allow God to just have a response in your life today? The person that offended you or the person that you're not walking in love could be your own children, adult children that know better. It could be your adult mom or dad that knows better. They're Christians, but they're not doing what the Word of God says. Are you going to throw them in the fire? <laughs> Are you going to choose, as Shadrach, I'm going to do it even though I don't? I'm, I know. I'm going to do it because I'm based on the Word of God. I'm going to walk in love. Would you stand with me? Sing this song, and then I'll come up for the communion.